can't with that. With that said, welcome to another episode of At the Podcast. I believe this is episode forty-seven or forty-eight. So we're we're, we're approaching fifty, Jeff. I believe it's forty-eight. I'm pretty sure. If I'm yeah, yeah. Holy shit, we're 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 two away from fifty, man. We got to plan something big. <laughs> yes, yeah. We probably won't, but we'll try. <laughs> well. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll put something in the works. It's two yeah, weeks we'll, away. We'll we could get something together for two weeks. Done, yeah, for sure. So, uh, of course, I am one of your your hosts, Mike. And I'm Jeff, as you know. If, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am Jeff. It's us two today. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll bring somebody on maybe next week or whatever. We'll see. I don't know. We don't plan ahead. You guys know the show. Anyway, so we posted not last episode because that was last episode was part two of our cuba episode which we talked about cigars so go check it out it was awesome i learned a lot the episode before that i believe episode 46 we talked about uh new breweries or breweries soon to be opening should have when they open to make sure that they have a great first impression great opening everything runs smoothly Little did I know that episode got a lot of traction on the Twitter world, guys. A lot of traction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, and we we've met him uh, in person. This is our every episode. Welcome on Twitter, uh, Joel, formerly of Due South. Now he is the, uh, I believe he's the head brewer, brewer of a new brewery opening at West in West Palm, uh, West Palm Brewery, and so we'll give them a shout out, guys. They're opening real soon. Every looks tight. But Joel or or uh, Brukaki on Twitter, uh, head brewer, like I said, for West Palm Brew- West Palm Brewing Brewing and Wine Vault. Uh, listen to the episode, and he kind of brought up a, a nice, friendly debate with uh, with uh, me on 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 the the, uh, the Twitter about flights versus small pours. And he knows we're doing this episode, so we're not surprising him. What's up, Joel? Thanks for supporting the show. Hey, but Joel. It, Angel. So anyway, it, it kind of brought up a good point that we've never covered and I never even thought about covering because I don't know, it just never crossed my mind. I mean, we're busy guys. So that's pretty much what this episode would be about is versus small pours. We could do new breweries, we could do existing breweries, we could do we're not I don't want to tie things down to certain rules or whatever. It's you know, the benefits of flights, benefits for small pours. Which one do we think is best? Which one might be best for certain breweries, whatever. We'll go with it. None of it scripted. We'll just go with it. So, yeah. And that and he did a he did a survey on Twitter, and it was really 50-50 on a lot of people like small pours, a lot of people like flights, a lot of people didn't care. So it's kind of like there wasn't a clear winner. So I wanted to talk with Jeff and have you guys listen in and let us know what you guys think. So we we will go from there. Um, oh yeah, and of course we always, as always, would welcome your comments on uh, on the episode to tell us your opinion on the topic. So we both said, and and Joel's argument was, well, with flights, by the time you get to the last one, that beer isn't presented the way that I, as a brewer, want it presented. Which he does make a valid point and i totally agree with that variables with that and i want to go into it but he brought up doing small pours he can he can pour each beer in the proper glassware and have it more presentable to the customer being us drinkers and how flights take up a lot more time depending on the flight could have a server 
take up, you know, three to five minutes of her time and the consumers or craft beer drinkers don't like waiting and they're very impatient and they're like, Oh, why is it taking so long? Why is so-and-so, why is this one guy, Mike getting three flights and I just want one pint. Why is that taking so long? Which makes brings up another point uh, being taken. So I kind of want to start kind of there on maybe the tap room experience and the server experience. And that's, I think Jeff has a wealth of knowledge on being a former GM of a world of beer and a restaurant kind of maybe the process of what the server should do and what the, what the customer should expect to kind of like that introduction, that mentality of just taking the order. So I'm, I'm going to throw it to you. here. Sure. Well, yeah. Okay. So uh, obviously you guys know I'm, I was GM of, of a world of beer location and world of beer does flights. They also, um, they do individual beer shots, which I guess would qualify as a small pour. Um, however, I think when you're talking more about small pours uh, in the instance that Joel brought up, it's more in the, for the reasoning of, putting it in the right proper glassware and, and presenting that beer properly the way the brewer intended it to be a present uh, presented. So um, we really, in that respect, we did not do small pours. We did flights only. So um, obviously, I mean, flights, you guys know the benefit. Most of you who go to breweries all the time, uh, I, I am sure do flights. Um, you know, that's, I think that's become a mainstream, a very typical way for a craft beer uh, drinker to experience as many beers as possible without getting too inebriated to be able to go to the next brewery and do the same thing there. Um, so in that respect, I think that the flight is a, is a, a good vessel for going out and, and drinking and trying as much as you can for as little money as possible and still staying, you know, sober enough to continue your day. Um, Cause ultimately you're drinking what 20 ounces of beer. Uh, yeah, in, I mean, in your typical four in your typical four beer flight, you're drinking around yeah, 20, ounces 20 ounces of beer. Yeah. Um, in some places, do I mean we sh shit? We've gone to Rap, and Rap has like what 20 beer flights. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? like, <laughs> so, I mean, you can go anywhere. Everybody has a different thing, a different uh, outlook on it. As far as the operations go, um, I think the flight is a is a huge huge benefit to the actual bar or restaurant, um, and and brewery. I'm sure sees the same thing. One, like I said, for the customer, it's so easy for them to try as many beers as possible. And I think that for that reason, one, you give them an opportunity to try four beers that they may buy a full glass of if they like it. So instead of them coming and reading your tap list and saying, okay, there's all this stuff, maybe I'll just get this one beer. And if they don't care for it, then that's how they judge you. Um, you know, they, okay, well, I had this beer or maybe they have two beers and they both were not particularly what they care for. And then that's it. So then they leave and they say, well, this, you know, that brewery sucks. Their beer sucks. That's a good, that, that makes a good point. A good but point. if you, if you have four opportunities in one, you have a built-in chance to kind of hedge your bets that and not saying that it's a good way for shitty breweries to hide bad beer. I'm saying everybody's tastes are different. And if the, if somebody buys a beer, that's not particularly in their wheelhouse, you have another three opportunities to impress that person or four or five or however many your flight is. Um, so I like that uh, aspect of the flight. The flight also is a really great way for people to share something that they can kind of get a sampler, the same thing as an appetizer sampler platter. You get it when you have, okay, let's get a flight to share and then we'll each get a beer and then you have something to sip on. So it's like, it's a nice supplement 
to your drinking day too. So I, I see the benefits of flights. Um, but you know, like Joel said, most flights are not done with proper glassware. I've never actually seen anybody use different glassware on a flight or anything like that, but there's nothing that says you can't, you know, right. I've seen, right. I've seen the small snip uh, the small snifter flights. I've seen the regular, you know, small pint glass or not. They're obviously not pints, but you know, the small standard. They look like small Guinness glasses. Flights. Correct. Yeah. 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 I've seen those. And I've even seen, I've seen small tulips, you know, I've seen, I've seen small versions of any glassware and they would all fit in a flight paddle. So there's nothing that's stopping you as a brewery from saying, okay, put it in the proper glass. And when your flight comes out, you might have three or four different types of glassware, mini glassware in that flight that matches that style of beer. And you can present it the way it's meant to be presented. So I kind of, on that respect, I think, yes, it's another step. Yes, it's more glassware to carry. Yeah, it's maybe another headache to, but if it's that important to you as a brewery to put your beer on display the way you intended it to, then, but you still want to do flights, it's out there to do. You can easily do it. The capabilities there. Oh, so I kind of, go ahead. I, I kind of feel like that's like, not that it's, it's not like bullshit because it's not. I mean, you want to present your beer the way you want to present your beer, but, and you don't want to carry nine different kinds of glassware either. So I get it from a logistical standpoint. But there is nothing stopping you from doing so, other than just now, buying my that question glass is, one. right, right. I want to kind of take a step back and, and you know, to me, when somebody orders a flight, most times on not, the customer is selecting the the. Okay, let's assume a flight is five beers. A flight paddle tends to be four or five beers, right? And then right. you got wraps that has a twenty. You got a couple that have eight, but most flights tend to be four or five beers. And when you buy a flight, you most times on not the customer is selecting the beers that they want to where the bartender doesn't necessarily have to stand there and wait in front of them to where small pours, I feel like are more time consuming because it's like, hey, bartender, can I get this beer one in a small pour, beer, beer three in a small pour? And then it's it. I, I feel like that takes much longer. But to take it a step further back, should a bartender, beer tender, whatever server take do a first come first serve or should they do if someone orders a flight and then the person behind them orders a pint should they pour the pint first or should they do the flight first hmm i think i think it they should do the the, the pint first because that's gonna be the quickest yeah and that person's getting one thing compared to this person's getting four or five things I but then the that. argument can be said is well some people order three, four flights at a time to where it's like you're, you're needing to get multiple servers to help because this one person is getting four flights because they want to try literally everything on the draft list. So do, would you enact a like one flight per order or like per like walk up? I mean, how, do, how would you do that as, you know, a brewer or maybe a GM of a restaurant running that front of the house, running that operation? Right. Well, I'm not I'm not one to really. I don't like to make a whole lot of rules for customers. I think it's cheesy to say you can and can't do certain things here. I understand that there are logistical reasons for some of these rules. And a lot of times a mild inconvenience becomes a, a blanket rule at restaurants and breweries or anywhere really where it's like that would be inconvenient at, you know, at the busiest time. So we're just going to make it that you can't do that. 
And then you walk in and you're like one of three tables in a place and everybody's sitting around with their phones texting and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do three flights right now. And you're like, yeah. what? Why? Yeah, yeah. You know? So, so it's one of those things where like, if it was me, I'd put up with the inconvenience of, of presenting, doing whatever you have to do. You know, if somebody orders five flights, you put up with it and you just put out five flights and it sucks and you have to make them and whatever. But like, that's for me, the customer experience wins out and you don't want to be that guy who's like, nah, we can't do that. And then they leave and go, that was kind of weird. Why wouldn't they be able to make me a flight when I asked for a flight, you know? So I don't see any reason in limiting the rules. Um, as far as that goes, uh, I think, I think you just do it. I mean, like, like you said, do the pint first. I agree with that. Get the pint out or get the, get the individual beers out, whatever the people who order flights, they know it's going to take a little bit of time. You know, you have to assemble it and everything. As long as you're smart about how you do your flights, if you set it up where like, to me, I don't like the ones where it's like, Oh, name me four beers and I'll put them here. And, and there's like numbers on the thing and it's like they tell you oh yeah like left to right is this 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 and this like that's not how you do it that's the way where you confuse your bartender that's the way where you confuse your customer everybody's a little bit like what was this one again what was that again if you just have a way now a lot of places do it here's our here's our flight sheet write down what you want boom 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 and then it like slides into the flight paddle or it just sits right in front of the flight paddle and lines up with each beer one you're giving something physical to the bartender for them to look at and pick which flight, which beer goes where. So it makes it easier for them. They don't have to think. It's just boom, boom, here they go. Put it all in there and hand it to you. It takes less time. They don't have to think about anything. They hand it to you and then you don't forget which beer is which anyway. So right. that as long as you have a good system, flights shouldn't be that inconvenient. Right. Especially if you're doing four or five different ones, it, sh it should come, you know, naturally or close to naturally with, you know, I mean, I don't know. And like Joel brought up another point and we've mentioned it on the show, but we haven't really gotten into too much detail because we don't try to be negative as much anymore. But sometimes people are fucking assholes. Like they're entitled, like crappier drinkers. We've said it so many times. Oh, yeah. They're so entitled that if they don't get their flight in a second, they're fucking going on Yelp and leaving a one-star review or they're going on social media shitting on this brewery Thing, their service is slow this and that whatever when in reality nothing went wrong it just took the server an extra 30 seconds because you got a second flight or whatever the case is yeah and that shouldn't be on the brewery but unfortunately it affects the brewery and that's shitty yeah. i think that's shitty oh it absolutely is and, and the cool internet world. the internet is is such a beast now in the hospitality industry that you get unfairly reviewed and no matter what you do and I, I mean i run a restaurant now not even a brewery or cry it's it's not any different at any other restaurant believe me these things that are out of your control people come out and they they will review you on anything now and it's that's just it comes with the territory if you don't want to deal with that then don't you know don't, you can't say i don't want to do then. flights i don't want to do right. flights because of this you can't do that you, you do your business the way you do your business 99 percent of people are going to be cool one percent of people are going to come out determined to be an asshole and they're going to write a review and then you just roll with it. You take it offline. You talk to the guy individually or the girl, whatever you say, Hey, you know, what can I do to make this better? What can I get you? You know? And then you, you, you roll with it. I mean, it happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. You can't, you can't say we don't want to do this because of the 1% of assholes that are going to write a review. Um, 
and another thing is what I've you know seen throughout my career so far is you can easily avoid 90% of those situations by just being personable and honest with your customer and say right when they order it hey man three flights hey listen man that's going to take just a little bit of time I'll get it to you as fast as possible instead of just being like okay and go and then you go work on it and then it takes you 10 minutes you got other stuff going on you get dragged behind all of a sudden it takes you 10 minutes you didn't give them the warning that it might take some time and that customer sitting there looking looking at you fill up other beers catch up whatever you're doing and they're going this guy fucking forgot about me this guy fucking forgot about my flights fucking this and other and then they get mad because they their perceived view of what you're doing is anything but what they asked you to do yeah and that's when people get mad but if you just take that one second hey man three flights listen i'm a little bit bogged down right now i'm gonna get them to you as fast as possible it should just be a few minutes i'll, I'll knock it out as quick as i can okay yeah no worries every time yeah no no big deal yeah, yeah no big deal don't worry about it and, and, and I they, feel from like my perspective, it's like as long as you communicate to the customer that they tend 98% of the time will understand that, yeah, he's by himself. Yeah, he has other people. Yeah. And you'll get that one person every blue moon. That's a, that's a complete piece of shit. But as long as you communicate and just like acknowledge them, I think that's better than them feeling like they've been forgotten. Yeah. And those, and, and believe me, those people who are, are going to be assholes and right. And there's people who use Yelp as a crutch. Now we all know that there's people, I mean, those people that are going to come out to do that are going to do it. And they're just, there's no, there's no changing it. You could give them the best experience and they're determined to find something wrong and that they come in. And, I mean, you see them, everybody knows they, they exist. The kind of people who really shouldn't even be going out because they are literally spending their own money to be miserable because they're going to be miserable no matter what they do. Yeah. So you can't you can't tailor your business to those people because no matter what you do, you're going to fail with them. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you just you have to tailor your business to the people who you actually want in your store, who actually are going to treat your staff correctly and not, you know, and those people probably love flights or probably love small pores. It doesn't really matter. We haven't really talked about small pores yet. We're going to get there, but they can, they might like both. They might like either whatever, but you have to tailor whatever you want to do. And however you want to do it to your good customers, not to the people who might write a review. Right, right. So let's get into small pores. <laughs> Jeff, have you ever been to a, a bar, a restaurant, or goddamn, a bar or brewery that have done small pours or and or have done flights or one or the other or any combination? I have. So have you, yeah. You've been, Actually, you've done very recently. Pours. Very recently. Yeah. So um, Southern Tier up in New York. We just went up there when, uh, we went up for Cassie's sister's wedding and uh, we went to Southern Tier and they do small pours on all their beers. So they offer sizes for all their beers. Basically, you can get a large or a small or whatever. Um, there's there's good and bad, as we talked about earlier. It, they did use proper glassware. They had the smaller versions of glassware and things like that. Um, one thing that we, we talked about, that me and Cassie talked about, is we do not like, it's just to us, it's, it's cheesy and it's a slap in the face kind of. We don't like if you're ordering a flight or a small pour of something that's unique or, or, or like a one-off and they only fill up your cup halfway. Oh my God. No, no. Southern yes. tier didn't do that, but we talked we talked about that. Um, oh, okay. That wasn't, that <laughs> Sorry, wasn't Southern tier. No, no, no. That wasn't Southern tier. We were talking about um, Cassie's like, no, that wasn't them. I'm like, no, I know it wasn't them. I was just, I was getting off topic like usual, but that was, I wanted to get it in while we were talking about glassware sizes. Um, but you know, when you get the flight and they, and you get the one beer you actually really wanted to get out of the flight, you know, the one you came out to the brewery for and they fill up your cup with two ounces and it's like, 
just put it in the proper glass and you know size glass yeah put it in the proper size glass make it present it the way it's meant to be presented which is what joel was talking about you get something that's a really nice like when he was uh, when he was with due south and we went down there and saw them when we went down to trench day like them if you when we did those flights like that trend the mariana trench should be served in a snifter mm-hmm. and and they to not present that beer that way doesn't do that beer justice so i can see where he's coming off where they're saying you know we've got two different three three two or three different variations of mariana trench it's this wonderful beer and we can't serve it the way it's meant to be served because people are buying it in flights and then it's this rare one-off beer that we you know don't want to run out of so we're only putting two ounces of it in a cup you know not that I remember if they did that or not. I'm just saying that's an example that I could use of how how it gets utilized where you see that happen. And I just think it's like, man, just put it in the proper glass where get the right size glass where it doesn't look as cheesy and it gets presented properly. Right. Um, and that's and that's really to me, that's, you know, that's something I've seen um, that I don't like. I don't like the small pores for. But as far as back to Southern Tier, who did it right, by the way, did not did not. <laughs> Southern Tier has the right glassware. They have multiple sizes for their beers, and and you can buy whatever size you feel like. And I like that. I like that freedom. Um, I think that again, it gives you the opportunity to try more beers, and and which is the point of going out to these breweries because we're not going out there to get hammered. We're going out there to drink good beer. So you go out and you get an opportunity to drink a few more beers, maybe a couple more beers. Um, you're not forced to have four. If you only like three or you only want to try three, you have that opportunity as well. And what I really like at with it is if it, if you do get a flight, you can supplement your flight with whichever small pour of the beer that you like. So, you know what I mean? So you end up uh-huh. with one full beer of your flight. So you use that as a sampler and then you get a small pour. I think they really work well together. Um, I don't think you, most places should choose personally. Um, I guess if you had to choose and you just don't want to do flights, then that's fine. Um, but I think you could easily have them work together because you can use the same glassware for both. So in most places that have flights, you can also get an extra beer shot you know, an extra, uh, can I get one more of this? And they just serve it off to the side of your flight. So, you know, like they kind of do small pours too. Right. I, I don't just know. Feel like, I feel like this whole like flight small pour battle is like really just splitting hairs to be honest. Cause what's the difference? I mean, if you break it down, what's the difference between a flight and a small pour, a fucking display case, really something to hold your shit in. Like that's really the only difference between a flight. I mean, yeah, we could go on and on about proper glass, no real brewery does proper glassware dude like if if i could get a flight i think okay let's let's let me back up i think a snifter flight i think a snifter is the best glassware to get the most range out of for beers that you want to be presented right so i agree with that. beers can go in a snifter uh aromatic beers i think an ip a nice aromatic double ipa would be i mean i think a snifter glass should be the universally accepted beer glass for all styles but that's just me and i know i know i'll get shit for it but i'm gonna throw it out there now i always drink beer in a snifter no matter if it's a bud light or a fucking mariana trench or a hunapoo like i just put everything in a snifter just because i i feel like i get more out of it if these breweries want to do a flight paddle of snifters of snif- snifter i can't talk snifter glass beer, i think that's fine but with the small pours i feel like it just takes so much time because i have to stand there and like hey yeah can i get 
a small pour of number one, a small pour of like it, I just feel or order all at once, which I don't because then I'd be walking away with, you know, four, four full glasses a quarter of the way full. And I'm fucking having, you know, like, oh, yeah. You know and I wonder like, yeah. And I wonder what percentage of people use small pours to create their own flight anyway. And then, like I was saying earlier, you're not set up in a logical way to execute the flight because you just didn't, you know what I mean? Cause like you didn't set yourself up for flights. Oh, we don't do flights. We do small pours. Okay. Well then I'm going to have four small pours of these four beers. Right. And then you don't have the paddle. You don't have the right, you know, you don't have the, anything to write it on. Everybody gets confused. You just made it harder on yourself to execute right. by not offering the flight. When people, right. I don't think that not having a flight paddle is stopping people from drinking four small pours. You know what no, I'm saying? Like, I, think do it. I think they're still going to do it. They're still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. Gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm still going to do know? it. And then I now have I get, four or five full glasses in my fucking hand, and I'm trying to juggle that shit, walking past everybody else to my table. Yeah. And I get, um, I get Joel's point where by the time you get to that last beer on your flight, it's not, you know, maybe it's too warm, or maybe and it's not a beer that was meant to be warm, or maybe it's, you know, it's just it's sat there and it's just not the way that they intended you to drink it. But there's no one that's one. It's 20 ounces of beer. So it's hypothetically speaking, it's four ounces more than your average beer that you're getting served. So by the end of it, it should not be that much different than the end of whatever beer you bought. If you bought a full size beer, Um, you should be able to drink a flight relatively close to the same amount of speed as if you're drinking it by yourself as drinking a normal beer. Um, I mean, most people drink those five ounce beer shots in one or two sips. Oh, so, yeah. yep, that's so I don't think, I don't think that that's a huge concern. Um, and also most people, when you set up your flights, you usually go from lightest to darkest beers. I think that's a pretty logical thing. Everybody always goes, I would start here and end here. Um, which means that you're usually working your way up in ABV. Um, and if you're working your way up in ABV, at least this is my preference. You're also working your way up in temperature of the beer that you should be drinking. That beer should be drank at a higher temperature as you go higher in ABV. Agreed. Um, So I'm not overly concerned about that last beer being a little bit warmer because usually that last beer is like an eight and a half percenter of either a stout or a double IPA or something where you want it to warm up a little bit to release all those flavors and really enjoy it the way that it is meant to be drank. So that's imperfect. That's not obviously a guarantee and that's not, everybody's not the same as me. Some people get flights of all light ABV beers, but you know, I I think that it sets up to be a nice way to enjoy a beer personally. Right. Right. And, and my, my whole question with that is, and I agree with everything you said, but if you're doing a four or five beer flight and that last, and the, the question is that last beer being warm, how long is this person taking to drink all this? Right. How long? Like you're talking a half hour to go through a beer. Like these are small little ones. Like you try it, you talk about it, you post it on untapped, like, and you move on to the next one. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's anything that like, I mean, I don't know. They seem to be very popular, right? I mean, flights are pretty popular as far as customer consumption goes. They, they enjoy them. So if you're worried about that last beer being unenjoyable, I think the proof is in the sales of the fact that people seem to still enjoy them. Um, especially, I mean, we've talked about uh, trench day or, you know, we went to, um, 
you know, I went to Maple Bacon Coffee Porter a couple years ago. I've been to Hunapu Day. I've been to all these places where small pours are the thing, except for Trench Day, where you could get the flight. And I thought that was so much better because I, I don't think all the ones have a flight. Trench Day had the flight of well, you could well, we got flights. We went up and got we got all the different trenches. It was there was it was a festival, dude. It was lines. You gotta get in line. They gave you the small snifter glass. Yeah, but if you went up to their bar where where the trench was available, I I never got a flight. I don't think that was no. a thing. Maybe I'm maybe I was a little tipsy. I, I mean, but anyway, like normal due south, you would have a flight and everything's loose, so you get the paper and they put all the the small pores or I don't know, like all I don't like, even mind that. It's whatever. You don't need like, a paddle. You just need a. You just need a system. You just need a system. Right. And I guess that's. It, I really think it's splitting hairs. Yeah. I ultimately think that that I mean now we're talking about small pours versus flights. Small pours with a system to create a flight is all you need. It doesn't. You don't need a flight paddle, and then you can put it in whatever glassware you want. Give them the right glassware, but just have a, a you know. Whether it's a laminated sheet of paper with a dry erase marker and you write whatever you want on there with your design in the middle or whatever, or you just have printed out papers that you write down the thing on, you put it on the table, you put them in, the, here's your beers, they're in this order, and then you can serve them, like I said earlier, in any glass where you want. The flight doesn't have to be four matching glasses. Why can't right. you put your Imperial Stout in a snifter and then put your light lager in one of those little mini pints? You know, those little Guinness glass, whatever. We should probably know what those are called, beer shot yeah. glasses. Um, but, um, yeah. you know, there's no reason you can't do that, I guess. is, You know, and if you're worried about the presentation of the beer, then pre present it in whatever glass where you feel comfortable doing it in. But understand that that's your choice to elevate your product to the level that you want it to be. And if you don't want to serve it that way and you just want to stick with a flight that has matching glasses – then that's your decision as a business to say that, okay, maybe it's not served the way that we exactly intended, but it looks good and people are going to Instagram that picture and it's going to look good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to bring up another point because we're, we're going to another uh, point I want to make. This thing came up and I've heard it before and we never talked about it, but it's line beer, L I N E beer. And it's for those who don't know, it's beer that sits in the line going from keg to the tap spout mm -hmm. and a, a lot of there that that ruins the flavor not necessarily ruins but diminishes the flavor of what the beer is meant to be blase blah and and the beer before it imparts flavor onto that beer so if you had an ipa beforehand and you put on a stout you're gonna get ipa flavoring in the stout and that's bad this and that before i go into jeff's opinion on that I think that point is complete. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but that's not an opinion. That's not a point you can really stand on because if you're changing beers out, you should be fucking cleaning your lines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if I have an IPA on and that taps and I'm putting a stout on, I should be cleaning the line extensively before that stout even hits, gets tapped and go starts going through the line. Secondly, that line's not very long. It's maybe four feet, if that, going from keg to tap handle, four feet. So you're talking four feet of, of this line beer going in to these small glasses. And then secondly, regardless if you have to do a flight or, or small pour, each of those fucking glasses is really getting line beer. I mean, let's be honest. 
<laughs> so that's the point I want to make. I want to kind of want to know what Jeff thinks because I think he's going to agree with me. Oh, I, well, I used to be a product manager. And if you're not cleaning your lines, doing an acid clean and a rinse of your lines when you change styles of beer, you're doing a real disservice to whatever beer you just put on. Um, because it is. I mean, the, the flavors will bleed into that line, uh, especially the, as you get to the more potent flavors of beer. So you get you get to um, your shit. New England IPAs with oranges. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you get some of that stuff, obviously. Fuck, this thing's trying to reset on me. Hold on. Um, when you get into that stuff, it's going to impart flavor into the line. You have to clean those lines out. I mean. This is the same argument that I've had against uh, against places like um, you know ale houses and yard house and and uh, you know Applebee's and these places that just don't you can tell their beer they're either well one those lines are permanent lines so when they do make a change you know like that it's been that same beer for uh, forever and then whatever their their contract changes and whoever whoever was paying for that tap is not paying for it anymore they change yeah. that beer that beer always tastes like fucking crap because they just they don't change they, never their, they clean don't it. they don't clean that and and sometimes the reps do it but i know that a lot of corporations don't allow beer reps to clean lines and they have to do it in house world of beer didn't let any of the reps clean their lines we always cleaned our lines in house um, but you should just always have a kettle in the back full of acid and another one full of water and you just you acid clean your line you, you rinse it out and then you tap your beer and it comes out and it tastes fucking perfect every time um as far as line beer goes one maybe maybe it's a concern if i'm the first person in the place and i come in and i'm the first person and i'm ordering a small pour of that beer and the, it's been in the line overnight i would maybe be concerned about maybe i didn't get the freshest pour of that beer but quite simply, the line is not that terrible of a place for the beer to hang out. The line is still pressurized. The pressure's coming from the keg. It's pushing the beer up through the line. It's under the same pressure. There's still no air getting into it. It's an airtight seal. Otherwise, it would be leaking right. beer everywhere. So there's still no air getting to it. The only difference is that it experiences maybe a little bit of light. Um, it's, it's not a terrible place for beer to be in, inside the line. Um, you're not losing carbonation. You're not losing pressure. If it sits overnight, I guess it probably loses just a little bit of something just cause it's not in a, uh, you know, a sealed, you know, metal container, but right. it's, but it's not, I mean, line beer doesn't to me, I've never noticed, man, that's, that's a flat line, you know? And we right. used to, I've, I've worked at places that have had lines as long as, you know, 70 feet. Sure. Where the coolers on the other side of the restaurant and they run all the lines. And like when you blow a keg and you have to clear the line, it takes like two pitchers of foam. You know, so wow. I've now that that's where line beer is going to be a problem. Um, yeah, 70 feet. Oh, absolutely. But but at your typical place where the cooler is directly behind your tap and at most you're looking at 10 feet of line. Um, no, I mean, you just don't you don't. There's not that many problems with it. And in fact, they have they have some systems that if the lines do get longer than a certain amount, there's like a, a system that will aid that beer in being repressurized and keeping the pressure and pushing the beer to make sure that the lines actually stay fresh on certain things. Because there is a certain le length of line where your beer will start to taste different right. um, and it'll be flatter and things like that. But 
No, I don't. I mean, for your typical plays with with normal lines, your line beer is not a huge concern. And honestly, if you're really concerned about a place that you can taste the beer that was tapped before, don't drink at that place because that place yeah. doesn't clean their lines. Yeah. And like that's just that's on you, honestly, as a consumer. Like if you can taste it and it's and it's upsetting to you, you can't be like, well, I'm not drinking flights because they don't clean their lines. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, exactly. Just don't just don't drink at the place that doesn't clean their lines because there's probably gross shit in that line. Yeah. I mean, is it there lines that you can get that are either like colored or like insulated that you can even block the light coming from the lights in the cooler? Like is is I mean, that a thing? <laughs> I think they or do, do they clear they all lines. Clear? I think they do clear lines specifically um, for a reason, so you don't, so you can see if there's like growth exactly. in there or anything. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I, I think that they do. But I mean, realistically, what do you? Overnight, your cooler lights are not ninety-five percent of places. Your lights are off unless you just love paying electric bills for no reason. So overnight, there's no light in the cooler either way, and. And that's the only time where it's sitting long enough to for anything to even change it. I mean, how many places do you go to where the cooler lights are directly next to a bottle on the shelf? You know what that's I mean? Like, and that bottle sits there for for days before it gets sold, and it still tastes okay. I mean, when you're talking about light striking a beer, it's gonna take more than overnight in a in a clear line in a cooler. Yeah. Like, so I don't think it's a huge concern. Um, and I just, I, I really, it's not like if it left the keg and that was like, it's little pressurized home and it left the keg and it went into like, now it's in beer glass mode. It's just sitting in the, you know what I mean? Like it's just sitting in the line, but as time goes on, it's getting flatter and it's losing pressure. Then I would say that's a huge concern, but the pressure is still there. The pressure that's in the keg is the same pressure that's pushing it through the line. So right. Your, your beer is still pressurized. That CO2 is still in it. That's what's pushing it through the line. It's still going to be carbonated when it comes out. Line beer, only concern is if they didn't clean their line and the flavors of the last beer are bleeding into your beer while it sits there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know yeah, where in, I work. Case, Go ahead. In which case, don't drink there because yeah. that's, you don't, yeah. like, there's, there's you know, they don't clean their lines. I know where uh, the, uh, the place I work, every time we change out a beer, you have to clean the line and there is a certain process of cleaning the line. Like I got the acid, I got hot water, run this and run it for X amount of minutes and then rinse everything out. So it should be a process. So really, if you, if you really want everything to be quality controlled and you want your beer to taste as authentic as possible, you should not only be cleaning the lines after each keg is tapped, but you should also be cleaning the lines weekly regardless mm -hmm. of, of, you know, maybe you have a beer that's maybe not moving, as fast but you should really st still clear the lines just to make everything as fresh and clean and crisp as possible and then once that keg taps you just clean the line again and put either the same beer on or the next one up whatever the case is but you really should be in my opinion cleaning after each keg is tapped and then a day a tuesday morning or whatever and just clean everything it and, doesn't you know it doesn't take long if you it have doesn't take long of taps it doesn't take long it doesn't take long i've i've uh I mean, I've cleaned out a lot of lines in the middle of a shift and a busy night, you know, before it doesn't take a long time. I mean, five minutes or so to yeah. you run, you run it, you let the acid sit for a minute. I mean, it just, it sucks all that old flavor right out of that line. You rinse it all out. You run some clean water through it and then you tap your beer and you're good. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. literally less than 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes and you get, 
beer to taste exactly the way you want it to taste. And that's, I mean, that's really what we're, that's, that's what the brewers want. They want you to put their beer on a tap that's going to do it justice. So that's where I can see where they're saying, you know, the line beer and the places, but again, you brew your beer with the intent of giving it to the places that are going to do it justice. There's, there's going to be the places that don't. Yep. Not and that's just like we, were saying, like we were saying before, there's going to be places that don't, there's going to be people who are just assholes. I mean, there's just, there's always going to be that percentage of people who just don't want to do what you want them to do. Right. With your product. And you can't brew your beer for them. You have to brew it for the places that are going to clean their lines. They're going to do it justice. They're going to put it in proper glassware. I mean, how many bars do you go to where they don't put anything in any other glassware besides a pint? Oh my God. Fucking are you going to stop? Are you going to stop selling them your beer? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, what are you gonna do? so there's the catch 22. Yes. At your tap room, you are in control. Do you do small pours? Do you do flights? Do you do whatever? You're in complete control and that's your decision. But what do you do when Alehouse wants to put it in a pint and you're selling them a, a, something that doesn't go in a pint? I mean, yep. what do you do? You stop selling them your beer? Yep. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> so that's, I mean, yes, you have a responsibility to put your beer in whatever you intend it to go in, but yeah. they don't share your same enthusiasm for that at every place that your beer is going to be. Right. Exactly. So I, that was the last point I want to bring up. I, I kind of want to loop, kind of go back to where we were before this point, because line beer is a, is a thing amongst people who, who are definitely very into craft beer. But back to, you know, we've been talking a lot about flights and how great flights are. We haven't really been talking a lot about small pours, but I really want to talk about the difference between the two more because I think, like I said earlier, that we're really split, splitting hairs between is a flight better, is a small pour better, which was more beneficial. Like, obviously, I'm pro-flight. You, I would assume you're pro flight too, Jeff, right? I'm pro flight, but I'm also pro small pour. Uh, I, right, to right. me, to me, I don't think one is superior to the other. I just think that, I just think that you're if you're only doing small pours and you're trying to eliminate the flight, you're really fighting an, uh, a losing battle, and you're crippling your ability to to then put out a flight when somebody comes and orders four individual small pours. Right. Now, so you're you you're kind of hurting yourself. Yeah. So what would you consider places like, I know civil society does it and I'm pretty sure do South does it too. Of uh, we go, Hey, can I get a flight? Oh, sorry. We don't do flights, but you can get, you know, these like, I get, I don't know, like the flight glasses, but just not in a paddle, just individual. Just say, Oh, mm -hmm. we don't do flights, but you can get as much, you know, the terminology will, will change sample, small pores, you know, small two ounce, five ounce glasses, whatever. Are those flights or are those small pours? <laughs> well, that's that's small pours, and that's really the right. big difference. Yeah. That's the ultimately the difference um, is that you're just doing the same thing without the infrastructure the set up to without the paddle without, to put it out. Hold it without right. the thing that the, without the thing that makes it easier for you and the customer. So, right. um, I I don't I mean. Uh, again, to me, that's not to me that's not small pour. I mean, that is small pours, and that is like the big difference. But to me, small pours is this is our menu, and you can either get it in the sixteen ounce size or you can get it in the seven ounce size. Right. That's to me a small pour. It's not meant in, for in a normal size glass. Right. It's right. not meant okay. for creation of a flight. It, to me, the right. small pour thing is meant for. I had two beers. I don't want a full third beer, but I do want something while my friends finish up their beer. Maybe I'll get a seven ouncer. 
Um, or, or I don't know if I'm going to like that beer. I don't know if I want to go for a big size, so I'm just going to get the smaller one and try it and see, but you know, so to me, it's, it's, that's what small pours are. And that, it, that in lieu of flights, I think, I think you're missing out because I think at best you sell somebody. I mean, I'll tell you when we go, when me and Cassie go to breweries, we usually get at least one flight and a couple beers. Um, if it was only small pours and no flights, we'd maybe each get a couple beers. So, right. so you went to four small beers instead of, instead of a flight, instead of and, eight yeah. beers that I, or six beers that I'm trying or eight beers that I'm trying. Right. So the impact on me as a consumer, granted, maybe you made the same amount of money in four beers as you would have in six or in four samples and two beers, but, but the impact to me as a consumer is smaller. I've tried less of your products. I have less to talk about of your beers and I had to make all of the decisions. Like I had to actually go and look at the menu and make a decision on what I wanted for all of them, which I really, that's the biggest thing I like about the flight is, is the ability to just go, let's try a flight of random stuff and just go, okay, let's get a lager. Let's get to this. Let's get to that. And let's get to that. Boom. And you just throw them on a list and you try them and that it gives you the opportunity to try beers that you, maybe you wouldn't just order. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, so that's what I like about them, but I don't know. I mean, small pours to me, it could be anything. It could be like you were just talking about a uh, create your own flight, but we don't do flights. Wink, wink kind of thing. But it also, right. I think is, is just a smaller option of a full size beer that you don't want a 16 ounce. So you get a 10 ounce or you get an eight ounce or whatever. So, right. Yeah. I like the, I like the customization of a small pour. You know, I go to GB's bottle shop here and, and uh, it's in uh, mills 50 and in, in Orlando, Jeff, Jeff knows where it is. And they do everything, all their glassware is in tulips. They have a five ounce, a 10 ounce, and a 16. And the 16 is what they consider a full beer. So you can go in, they have like 22 taps. You can get, oh, can I get a five ounce of this? And it's ordered by ounces. So can I get a five of this? Or can I get a 10 ounce of this? Or can I get a full 16 of whatever? And to me, I only get one at a time. I don't get like four in a row just because it's just way overwhelming. And it'll take, I don't know. I mean, we kind of talked about our, kind of how we feel about it. I, I kind of want to get to maybe our final answers, more or less, of, you know, what do we really feel? You know, we kind of talked – we lean heavily on flights, but we kind of broke and separate them across the board of what we think each one means. So, you know, my answer when someone says, Mike, do you prefer flights or small pours, which is better? I prefer flights. And for one reason, really one true reason only, is a flight is a best way – get across a selling point and an interaction with the customer, right? So if we go, when me and Jeff go out, right, breweries, the first thing we get are flights. So all these episodes where we interview Red Cypress, Funky Buddha, Lauderdale, Do South, uh, Bang & Banjo, we're all drinking flights. And with me, flights are a, the best way to get a, a selling point to not only that customer, but all the other customers that will see that picture. Because we all go, go there, you take a, hey, guys, I'm at Do South. I'm at uh red ciphers you take a picture of that flight and in my opinion smart breweries put their logo or some sort of a sign of the brewery that you're at on the tap handle or on the on the on the flight handle paddle right so like funky buddha's flight paddle is the buddha logo or lauderdale's flight paddle holder is their propeller of their logo 
And for me, from a business point, is that's what puts flights above small pours, is that interaction of someone new coming to your brewery. Oh, check it out. I'm going to take a picture of the flight. And they post it on social media. Jeff will text it to me, whatever he's doing. And to me, I think that advantage outweighs small pours exponentially. Uh, Orange County Brewers, a new brewery in downtown Orlando, has the state of Florida in wood. And there's five circles for the, the uh, flight beers going down from like Tallahassee all the way down Miami. And then the panhandle says Orange County Brewers like burned into the wood. And that's cool as fuck. That's so cool. That the, is, Red that's... Has the, 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 the Red Cypress a piece of wood with the logo. And, and it's a big old piece of Red Cypress wood. Like that's cool as shit. Yeah. And that's and that is an easy opportunity for somebody to walk away with a cool it's a, a cool thought. That's like like the man, that paddle was cool. I mean, we talked about it when we go into tap rooms. Absolutely. That niche kind of like I mean, I Mike Mike likes to laugh. I always comment on the bathrooms everywhere I go. I'm like, that, bath, <laughs> that bathroom's fucking cool. But like there's always something that catches your eye and something that you can talk about later. And and it even if it's just a quick man, oh, I went to that brewery and their tap handles were cool and I mean, I talk when I talk about burial that went up, up in Asheville with like the old like rusty garden equipment as tap handles. Like yeah. I thought that was cool. That's that's a talking point. Whenever anybody brings up Asheville, I go, you got to go to burial brewing because they have the Tom Selleck thing, the Tom Selleck and sloth mural, and they have rusty garden, you know, hose and stuff as their tap handles. Those kind of things resonate with people and it gives them a reason to talk about your place. So if your if your flight paddle is cool, people are going to talk about. They're going to go. It might even be subconscious to a degree where people are going to sit there and subconsciously say, "Man, this is really cool. This place is cool because this tap handle is cool looking and whatever." So, I agree with Mike there. I will say, um, as a devil's advocate, the small pores thing is a great supplement. Um, I, I don't. I, not that I don't think Mike disagrees with small pores. Um, nope, not but, but I think if you're not going to do flights for whatever reason, for you're just not set up to do it, you don't want to do it, you don't want the hassle of doing it, whatever, you need to at least offer the small pours. You can't not offer either. You're really doing right. yourself a disservice um, and you're doing your customers a disservice if you don't offer either. Um, however, I would be very likely and this is just me and i know that i'm an idiot sometimes when i go out because the way i drink is not uh, exactly enlightened but <laughs> um, <laughs> i would be uh i would be very likely to get a flight and if they had small pours on top of that of say seven eight ounces in a in a proper glassware i'd be very likely to get two of those beers for myself afterwards in a small pour. That. but I, I would be way less likely to even get one in a full size pour. And I know the ounces doesn't make sense. And I know I'm not sitting there doing math. I'm not saying, well, 16 ounces is actually less than, you know, you know, not, I would be very likely to get the small pours just because of the perceived smallness of them where I can supplement my flight with, I'll get a small pour. And then, man, I really like this other one. I'll get another small pour because it's not that much. It's not a full beer. So I'll get another right. one. And, right. and I think that that is a great selling point, but I also think it's a great opportunity again for your, do you engage your customer with something that they will remember and be able to talk about afterwards and let them try as many of your products as possible at, a, at not a cheap price. Cause you are a business, you're trying to make money, but these people that come out are going to come out and they're not all wanting to spend every dollar in their wallet. 
but so if you can get five or six beers in their belly for whatever their budget is, then you win. Like, even right. though it's not a lot of money, you win because like Mike said, they're going to go post that picture on Instagram. They're going to untap those beers on untapped. They're going to talk to their friends about that brewery. They're going to say, I had six different beers and they were all fantastic. Um, but if you only can get them to drink one or two, then you get less opportunities for them to do, to, to talk about you. So, um, I I'd say ultimately I, I like both. If you're not going to do one, you have to do the other. But, uh, if you're choosing flights versus small pours, you have to do flights. And again, to the brewer, you know, to the brewers who are concerned about the presentation of that beer, there are ways for you to present that beer properly in flight format. And if you want to do that, it's it's on you to do so. And I would respect a brewery for doing that. Um, I would even respect a brewery who, if it was that much of a concern for you to do to present your beer properly, to say, "Hey, let me give you. I'll, I want a flight, but let me give you the last one when you're done with the first two, or the you know whatever. I'll pour that one when you're ready for it. If you right, have one that you're really saying. concerned about about the freshness." You know, because that that way you can present it. Like, I mean, there's workarounds. I'm saying, yeah, maybe they're inconvenient, but there's workarounds for you to present that beer properly. The the benefits of having flights outweighs the negatives of it tenfold. Yeah, so I you need so, to make yeah. it. You need to make it happen. You know, and that's just as simple as it is. Or just have flights, but in snifter glasses. <laughs> in snifters, and then if you want, I mean, if you want to, and actually, World of Beer changed over to the snifter glasses when I was there for their flights. But everybody still had the original, I mean, tons of the original beer shot glasses because that was what we were using up until one day they switched. So we right. had them. So for a while, we, you know, some, we could do some flights uh, in regular beer glasses and some flights in the snifter glasses, and they both fit in the same paddle. So if you had both, you could easily do a mix and match flight and put all your light style lagers and ales, pale ales and IPAs and whatever in in the regular beer shot glasses and put all your stuff that goes in a snifter or in a tulip in one of those you know five ounce snifter glasses and yes it's not a tulip whatever i mean i get it Bel belgian beer drinkers are gonna be like that's not the same but like you i drink everything out of a snifter i'm currently yeah. drinking i'm currently drinking a sour out of a snifter as we speak yeah. <laughs> so but um you have that opportunity. There's nothing stopping you from doing so. You can get a flight paddle that would hold the snifters as well as the beer shot glasses. You can do mix and match glassware. You can pr you can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of the flight. Do whatever you right, want, you do whatever, whatever you want. you're comfortable with. Yeah. Do five beers, do 10 beers, do 20 beers. Wrap does like four different kinds of flights. Because you can do whatever you want. You're in control. So yeah. make it work for you, but you have to. I mean, you have to do it. You just need to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately, it's going to be brewery's discretion of whether they want to do small pours or flights. And really, like we kind of talked about on the, on the show, like the only thing that separates flight and small pours is the fact that the flight has a paddle or a device to hold multiple glasses. Other than that, they're just essentially fucking small pours. So really, it doesn't really matter in terms of how you want to fucking label it. No. It's, it's a business point. Like you want to get, you know, you got to do both. I mean, you got to do one or the other. You can't, can't not do neither you know so there's ways around it if you don't want to do a flight do or if you if you worry about presentation get a flight of snifters like we said or just do fuck whatever you want to do like it, it doesn't it doesn't matter right, do whatever you want
Yeah. But I think we're gonna wrap it up there. I think we I think we covered I think we did the Lord's work today. We, we did, did it. Lord's work. Yeah, we did. I'm sure the comments will agree with us and that we've enlightened a ton of people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they just talk about flights a lot, and then at the end they're kind of indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, we won't do plugs just because I'm not ready for plugs because <laughs> I'm still not done with the shit I've been trying to work on. So no shirts yet, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I promise actually, they're coming. I actually went on to look the other day because I was like, I, I want a shirt. I want to buy a shirt. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're soon. It's very soon. Uh, the, definitely, I can guarantee you the first shirt that will be ready is the Saturday Chuck Club shirt, the CCC. It is 95% done. I just got to add a couple small touches to it and then it's going to be done. So that will be a bit available. God knows when check out our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the website at the bar for all the news. And once that is up and ready, check this, check the social media and you guys can be honorary members of the CCC, the Saturday Chuck club. But other than that, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I know we were at the hour mark or a little bit more. So, uh, once again, I am Mike. Yeah, Jeff. Thank you again for listening to another episode of At the Bar Podcast. Feel free to check us out on atthebarpodcast.com. And until next time, we will see you at the bar. Peace. Peace.